1: Welcome to the Geekiest. I'm Joe. My pronouns are he, him.
0: Hello, I'm Kayla, and my pronouns are she, her.
2: Hi, I'm Will. He, him. And I'm t- Insanity Play, or Thomas.
1: He, him. Hi,
2: Welcome Thomas! To the show.
3: Hello, Greetings. thank you for Yay.
1: <laughs> So, uh, Thomas, better known as Insanity Plea, is uh, <laughs> a Twitch streamer, and... Um, and one of the things that that he is renowned for is uh he is part of farad's world uh Woo!
0: we love farad
2: yes yes big big fan of his got in on him uh with him like when he was his discord was first like starting to pop off and everything, and it's just been
1: beautiful to watch it all grow yeah we we really enjoyed uh one uh getting to talk with him, but two uh myself speaking for myself uh just the community over there uh is it, it's it's so refreshing from the toxicity that you sometimes encounter online um I, I mean basically to to give it to give the behind the scenes uh you know we, we were promoting uh I was promoting talking to Farid, and Farid was promoting talking to us and the the conversation uh with insanity plea just popped up about you know you know would you be interested you know and it just you know so uh and and so the support over there is just awesome and we get to speak to you and uh so as we like to ask uh what uh, i want to take a different angle what got you into doing the the streaming stuff on twitch um because yeah you know, i i popped in the other day you're you were playing uh pillars of eternity yes and uh so, I, I just trying to get trying to get understanding. Um, what, what makes you decide to go from enjoying video games on your own to enjoying video games in front of an audience?
2: Well, um, that's actually kind of funny. Uh, I joke because my account is technically older than Twitch. Oh. Um, JTV, Justin.TV, was the predecessor to Twitch, and that was just more of the um, daily live streaming. Okay. And gaming started off as a slight offshoot in JTV that became so popular they created another website and then it just became their main focus and they let the other site go away but my account was actually transferred from
1: JTV uh well I think that definitely gets you a geek point uh, oh thank you <laughs> at least <one.
0: laughs> Oh yeah history man
1: yeah so
2: I've I've actually been watching twitch since its infancy Watching it grow, watching some of the biggest streamers, watching their rise and fall, watching some of them plummet, some of them stay on top, like Dan's Gaming, who's been on top since day one. Um, and it started off with me being a viewer and me just watching people. And I was playing League of Legends at the time and some other games. And I was just being goofy with people in game. And a couple of them invited me to be on their stream. It was, um, oh, it's Wolfy something. One of his friends back in the day um, was streaming with him and he let me on there and people just got a kick out of me. And when I got a hold of a computer and I was sitting there playing games and I was kind of bored because I didn't have anybody to talk to at the time. And so the idea of entertaining people, which is something I've always just loved doing and having other people to talk to and interact with while I'm sitting there gaming, just married together in this beautiful idea um and then shortly after that is when i started being really open about my past because there's a whole whole special thing with that um and the impact i've been able to have by sharing that and by reaching out to people all over the world has just made it almost an addictive experience for me just that chance that i could be that voice that pulls somebody out of that darkness you know
0: that's really interesting that had never occurred to me um with the concept of Twitch that there would be a profound impact like that. That's, that's, I'm I'm letting that sink in. And that's really, that's interesting. It's not just about trash talking each other on video games. You really are building community.
2: Oh yeah. Um, I've never been able to stream for like successive amount of time because like I've lost my place. I've lost my job, like different things that have happened over time. They keep knocking me down from being able to do it consistently. But I've had people who every time I come back, have been like immediately are back watching me again. Like some of them for five, six years now that I've been doing this off and on.
3: Wow. Wow, like, that's very cool.
2: Yeah, so these are these are more than just fans. These are more than just, you know, like you said, you know, because I mean, there is the trash talking and all that. Like if you go into my streams and you see my mods talking to me, they're always trash talking me. <laughs> it's just kinda of how it is. But we love the heck out of each other and we've kind of always been there for each other.
1: God I love when your own mods are uh, giving you the giving you the business.
2: If your mods aren't giving you shit, are they really your mods?
1: <laughs> it really
3: <laughs> That's...
4: I it has been my experience. that you get a group of people playing a video game together, you're gonna get trash talk. If you don't, then something is definitely wrong.
0: I think it's that's why I don't fun. play video games. I suck at trash talk.
4: <laughs> that's not true. Okay. <laughs> hey, <now>. Al. <laughs> you just suck at the video game.
0: Trash dumb, talk yeah. you're oh, fine yeah. with. You're right. You're it, it's, right. Just, it,
4: it's just the backing it up you have an, an issue with.
0: There we go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you just need to find somebody who's really good at video games and bad at trash talk. How then. play for you <laughs>
0: There you go, I'll do the talking. They can do the play <laughs> so
1: That's... Uh, uh I'm sorry you nope good um so so you've been uh, been with twitch for a while uh and you got into Farid's uh discord pretty early on, so then uh what got you to make the the move to uh run a, run run games in oh, creating worlds create worlds uh you know participate in what uh and what he's doing well
2: Farid and i had a lot of talks early on like we just hit it off and the idea he had of the community he wanted to build resonated very strongly with me and he, like it was kind of a convenience thing at first like he knew discord and i didn't know anything about it but I wanted to provide a Discord for my fans and, like, my followers and stuff to go hang out at. And he already had this really awesome one he was building. He was just getting in streaming. And here I come, who have been around for a day or two. Um, and I'm helping him get started on streaming. So it was just this uh, marriage of skills coming together. And through all those talks, he decided that i would be somebody who was good at running a game and being a dm and he wanted somebody to help him run more games for the people on his channel and he actually him and his wife put down the 150 some odd dollars that it takes to buy the ultimate license for fantasy grounds
3: right wow
2: yeah like that's how much he you know believed in me being able to run these things um and he put that down and he actually had like a couple other people that um work on with fantasy ground college helped teach me a little bit about how to run fantasy grounds and everything like he set me up and got set me running to be able to run a game and so that's that's actually how i got into it it was like okay if this person believes in me this much and the community just well you guys joseph you you and anybody else who's been over there you've seen you you talk about doing a project or you show off something you do and the welling of support that comes out of there is overwhelming sometimes. It's amazing. Oh,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Uh this this weekend I mean that showed um when I mentioned that we uh a streamer was using uh the geekiest podcast, in fact Farad's episode, as a background for their their stream and I posted it over there and i two or three folks were like okay we're going to you know let's give them a follow or whatever i mean like i was just giddy that someone actually was using our 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 uh our podcast as like their in-game yeah. radio and you know people jumped over and and started you know helping that person so yeah i've seen it it is like i said earlier it is beautiful it is that's that's the i feel weird because it's like it's the only word I can come up with for it is it just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see that support and that just all of that. I'm yeah.
2: It is. And it, it's it been, it's been awesome to watch and like be a part of like, it's always weird to say stuff like that because you feel like you're tooting your own horn, but I've been told by a couple of people, if I don't own up to it, I'm going to get yelled at. <laughs> um but so like being a part of creating that community and just like how everybody's just there for each other you know that's that's how i got into uh running the games for ferret it's just the fact that a few of them believed in me and every one of them supported me and it made it so easy to step into and then mixed with my sales background it made it like the doing it on the fly Cause a lot of my stuff is made up because the players never go where you want.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. We're, we're both DMS. We, we get that. Talk to us about your game a little bit. What's it like?
2: Okay. So my game is rather unique. I think, and this is a new world. Like as far as sentient beings go, this world is old. This, the planet, the, um, and the like dimension that they're in or whatever you want to call it. Um, but there is this one being who visited this planet that was covered in just flora and fauna, no, no bipedal beings, and was so intrigued by the creatures there. He started talking to some of them, and they that imbued them with power. And these beings, like, and I'm giving the short version because I'm not going to give everything away to my mm-hmm. players yet. Um, but these beings pulled people like. Small numbers of people from different timelines, different worlds. You know, like you can imagine from Crin, from um, Toro from wherever the heck. Um, Dark Sun even, which is my old favorite world.
3: Um, <laughs> like pull, right.
2: yeah, isn't it? But so they pull them from all over, and then their power is expended. So these people are just dropped on this planet. Civilization devolves, and where the players pick up is a few hundred years later, like 800 years later, civilization is just starting to um, reassert itself. There's four main cities, bunch of small towns and everything. There's new gods that are springing up in, re- in response to the needs and wants of the number of people that are um, alive on the planet now, as well as those old gods are starting to reaccumulate their power again. Hmm. And so there's this whole unseen power struggle. And yeah, so it, the the main idea behind it was I this started off like I was just creating an idea for a one shot or a two shot thing till I could get a hold of a, a module. But everybody was so supportive of what I was doing and was so like, hey, let's get on board with this. This is awesome. And my players loved it so much. I decided to turn it into the whole world. <laughs> That is
0: really wonderful. I love that. That's definitely worth a couple of geek points. Um, Thank you. <laughs> as as we know, world building is not easy. Uh, when you have a you know a, a more of a full fledged concept, but to take it from something that was only intended to be a small thing and just let it grow organically and and move with it like that is is really commendable. I love that, and I think some of the most beautiful worlds and stories come out of that.
2: And the players' backstories are actually informing the creation of the world because yes. um, we did a lot of talk back and forth about where they came from and stuff. And if they're from this monastery, okay, where on my map is that monastery going to be placed? Now, okay, now that is a part of my world.
0: That is a beautiful way to world build. I love that.
1: Absolutely, that and 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 I kind of a like I say sneaky sneaky cheat or whatever, but it also takes a little bit of the. Uh, of the yep. onus of creating things off of the the DM or the GM and uh, you know yep. puts it into the players' hands.
2: <laughs> I I knew it was going to be a tall order to be able to create enough to keep my players engaged, especially since I'm wanting to. I, I've actually just started advertising um, for a second um, round of this world, so I'm going to be running two games, two oh, campaigns. Wow. Um, So I knew that I was going to have to really enlist the player's creativity in helping me to flesh it out. And it's been the most rewarding experience.
0: I find that it also uh, helps your players stay invested.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't have a whole lot of experience to compare it to because it's my first experience as a DM. So, yeah, my first experience as a DM, I decided to create (laughs) my own world. I create my <laughs> world and it's a streamed experience on somebody both. else's stream. <laughs> yeah, I was just going in
0: both feet, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why well, make it easy for myself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, big or, big, go big or go home, right? Yep, yeah, exactly.
0: Goodness gracious. That's really incredible. But you're having fun and you're not forgetting that it's fun. And that's that's the key right there.
2: Oh, yeah. If I'm not having fun then my players aren't probably having fun. And if they're not having fun, then there's no point in doing this. Like that's the whole point of it. Like, yeah, it's cool that it's streamed. I love that it, you know, people have really kind of gotten into watching it and some of the other uh, shows that we're streaming. Um, they're really getting into the characters and all that, but being able to create that world, that, that couple of hours where these people are transported to some fantastical world where, Rights can be done and wrongs can be fixed with action. You know, like where things are just different <laughs> for a short time, and we can get away from this world. Mm, that, that feels good.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that escape is so needed right now. And I think that's that could be a, a kind of a contributing factor to why like Dungeons and Dragons and uh, video games and role playing and all of those things have have really found their footing again. Uh, you know, in the recent years is just, we need that escape. I know? agree. The real world is a scary place. I'm going to go fight monsters.
1: Absolutely. Fight monsters
2: <laughs> that you can handle.
0: Yeah,
1: right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, you gotta say, it's uh, definitely, you know, mon- not only monsters that you, can ha- uh, that you can handle, but also monsters that you can identify. Yeah, Yeah.
0: yeah. It's pretty clear-cut, pretty quickly, who the monsters are unless you're my players who try to make friends with everything.
4: (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean we're supposed to walk around and just kill everything? What are we murder (laughs)
3: hobos?
2: Well, as a side note, that's one of the things in my world, since everybody was just brought from like all kinds of different timelines and everything like that, all the races were tossed together. So like there's some racial tensions and stuff, but for the most part, Everybody's had to learn how to suck it up
0: that's that's cool <laughs> that's, I like that yeah no, that that
1: definitely you know and I think that's one of those things where you know especially in light of like what we what came out with uh, you know tasha's uh, cauldron of everything where you know if you want to make a, a elf that you know is is you know cool with dwarves then you can make an elf that's cool with dwarves you don't have to follow. Uh, you know, follow the the tropes that have been uh, brought to us. i yeah I f- and I find also the interesting part is, um you know, especially getting to world build like that and uh, the not safer wizards game that we we put out, you know, I think for the most part, we've avoided a lot of the uh, the tropes on things. I know I know I spun things on their heads with with like how we treat how the orcs are treated. Um, but it's awesome to just go. Hey, you, you, just because that's what the book says, or that's what Tolkien did, or whatever, we can, you know, we don't have to do that. We can make this a more, uh, you know, I- inclusive in, in even thinking. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, even the, all the books in DA, this is guidelines, and you don't necessarily have to follow them. It gives us a pattern, it gives us a, a jumping off point, you know. And what I think is interesting is, especially lately, I've seen wizards is, really taking the directions that people are taking stuff they're they're taking notice that things are changing and they're trying to change with it
1: yeah no i definitely i definitely agree that it, they're listening to listening to what the bases say, and the base is saying you know what might have worked you know 20 years ago 30 years ago whatever that's not that's not the game that people want to play
0: less racial violence more psionics
1: Yes. No, oh my god give me more psionics please please. <laughs> please god please
0: yeah we were just talking uh before the show joe and i were just talking about the uh psionics handbook that was was uh put up on dm's guild um you know and if that is any indication like we were saying uh it, they will follow that like if if you start seeing a lot of psionic stuff on dm's guild it's very likely that wizards is going to pick
1: up well on that. i mean they if and tasha's i i you i know you haven't got a chance to look at it yet k but not. um for several of the classes they have added um psionic uh subclasses uh like a
2: mystic a warrior
1: yeah they've got the uh they've got the Knife, which is a rogue they've got one that's a fighter um i think one that is a monk um and and it, it they you have uh you have a certain number of psi dice you get to use that you you know that you spend when you use your psionic powers and um i really like to dig into it more but they uh this is all stuff that for the last i don't know two three years they have been rolling out uh quite often uh, on uh the unearthed arcana to um you know get people to play test and 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 play around with like uh oh they also did the sorcerer one that was the one um i I jokingly say that uh I think Wizards had the uh had my my house bugged because uh was working on an idea for a a, uh, a psionic sorcerer uh and I even like wrote down I, and I hand wrote it so that's why i think they you know really had to have the house bugged not just my computer <laughs> uh I, I called it i think uh i called it the aberrant mind and they call theirs the aberrant soul
0: wow what I'm
1: that
2: is pretty creepy <laughs>
4: <laughs> see that's what happens when you leave your trash
1: unprotected Seriously, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even know it's still in the notebook. It's still I have the notebook with the the notepad with it all on it. There's there was no trash. Well, they uh, did took
2: uh, pictures. It was, it was good. Right?
0: They <laughs>
4: snuck in with their they snuck in with their seven spy spy camera and
0: totally we're being watched.
4: Okay, well, <laughs>
1: but, Oof, yeah. well uh, then I guess I should apologize for. I'm kidding. Yeah,
4: <laughs> <they've seen> their... <laughs> we know it's in your search history. It's okay. It's... <laughs>
2: They already got all that info.
0: Yeah, right? Like, they're used to that. <laughs> Incognito
2: mode, man. Learn it.
0: Right? <laughs> Jeez. So, Insanity, what's your favorite game to stream?
2: My favorite game to stream? Um, I, I spent a long time. I played um, through Mass Effect four different times, from first game to third game, plus all the DLCs on stream so i'd have to say that's probably top um that and when i was doing um like arc rp okay, okay. um it's it's where you you create your character like you normally do an arc but you're on a server with a bunch of other people you're all an actual character and like death is important like if your character <laughs> dies you, you
0: know gotcha gotcha um because i would just i found your stats that's what i was asking
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> what did they say? Did,
0: did you know you have stats? Um, <laughs> 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 it's amazing what you, they're find they're when you Google. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, like of all the Mass Effects, like if you add them all up, that's over over thirty percent of your streaming is Mass Effects. It's pretty cool. What makes you like it so much?
2: The fact that the story, like every time you play through it, it can be a little bit different because you start off with three different backgrounds and three different occupations or something like I forgot exactly what the terms are, but. Um, and each one of them creates a different art for your character to start off with. And then over all three of them, every decision you make impacts the next games. So decisions you make in game one, you'll see results from in game three. And so just that world building, that that arcing, that feeling of being part of something greater all the way up to the end is just really awesome. Plus, it gives a lot of really interesting talking points to have um, really important and sometimes meaningful conversations with your chat.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. What's a, what's one, give me one that you can remember that was a good conversation sparked by that.
2: Um. Well, one of them, uh, it was this uh, drug, drug ring and it was just talking about um, these drug users and this woman how she had made the decision to put herself in danger and put herself into this and if you had the right to make the choice to pull her out of it to keep her safe or if she had the agency to make that choice herself or actually you know what the better one talking about agency there's one where a father dies before the, his, his baby is born, and the mother and the um, uncle are having an argument because the baby could have some um, um, congenital disease, uh-huh. and there's a treatment that they could get to guarantee he doesn't get it, but it's like, oh 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 one percent 1% chance of fatality or something like that, and then there's um, treatments after uh, the child's born with no chance of fatality. And they're having this argument about what should happen with the baby. He's talking, this is the only thing I have left of my brother. She's like, it's the only thing I have, you know, too. And so it's just this, this, what it came down to for us each time was no matter what the uncle felt, it was her body. Wow. You You know, it was her decision. You know, it was her husband, her child, her body he can feel however he wants to feel and it's valid but it's her decision wow. and that's something, that's something you just watch. that's not part of the main storyline that's a random conversation you stumble upon
0: oh my goodness
2: yeah wow. so the game gets deep sometimes
0: wow i I had no idea I had no idea that the games got that deep that's that's really impressive
2: so yeah that's that's why I enjoy playing those so much on stream is because each time playing through those, there's different conversations. There's because times are different. You have different people. You have different things going on in the world. You know, so each time you're coming at it like I'm different each time I play it because it's been about like every two years or so I play it. Is about I went back in and looked, and it's been almost exactly every two years that I've played Mass Effect on stream. And so I'm a different person each time, looking at a game that plays differently each time. So it allows me to also look at myself.
0: What an interesting measure of how we grow as people.
1: I, I, I really do like uh, th- those games where the decision making that you do um, actually has relevance beyond you know just the standard. Do you accept the quest uh, sort of thing?
0: And it it makes sense how how you know people that play games like this really it. it speaks to people that are good storytellers it informs good storytelling i mean you know we were just talking about you jumping into dungeon dragons with both feet but you've got this enormous rich history of involving yourself in these these beautiful complex storylines and it makes sense
2: and i'm jumping into dm for the first time but i've been playing i've been playing um dungeon and dragons since i was gosh 13 Oh, okay. Off and on. Like I started with original Dungeon Dragons and Advanced Dungeon Dragons. Cause a friend of mine had like all of the books. Ah, <laughs> uh,
0: okay, here we go. I Welcome
2: saw a picture you, in your guys' Discord that shelf that had a whole all the books.
0: Yeah, call co-
2: Joe flashbacks.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Dude, imagine not, that being of that four of those wrong <laughs> Wow, because there's riffs and like the palladium books and all those other books they had those too
1: yeah i i i think i think my dad still has a bunch of those in storage because uh we played i mean i played you know i played since i was eight um and and yeah when like my brother's one of his friends went and joined the navy he got rid of and so like I got a, I got a several I got a couple of Palladium books. Got like the James Bond uh, role playing game. Got I think that's where we got. I also got like Paranoia um, for the West End Games game, uh, game which is so 80s. Uh, and uh, but yeah, no, I, I I totally I had friends who were like that where they had every book and they had multiple games. And it's a little bit the goal for my uh, for my for my bookcase.
2: Exactly. I, I'm telling you, I saw that picture and it caused flashbacks. I was like, wait, is that Jeremiah's? <laughs> what is going on?
0: Yeah, Joe's going to need a bigger office soon
4: just for the books. And a couple more trips to
2: IKEA.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, hip, hip. Oh, go ahead.
0: We keep teasing the kids that when they move out, we're going to turn their bedrooms into offices. <laughs>
2: Just well, one in library, one in office, right? Yep. <laughs> Why wait? <laughs> Your room's about to get smaller, kids.
4: <laughs> we're just getting—we're just getting a head start.
2: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you don't want us to have to do, do all this work when you're gone, do you?
0: Yeah, you know, this way you can help us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put the bookshelf right here next to the snake cages.
2: <laughs> there you go Yeah if they get out they can read a book There you go <laughs> I can't see what could go you know,
4: wrong with that You guys don't need this bed You guys are going to get You know what you guys are going to get what you wanted when you were kids Bunk beds
2: <laughs> We need the room <laughs>
0: can you see jeremy and zoe that would be be
2: oh my god and they're gonna be the kid size they're gonna be twin size
0: there you go you get twin size we have to make room for books (laughs)
1: um just just uh will is aware i'm sure of the size uh uh, jason our oldest is just about six feet tall um and jeremy the youngest is six Six three three. six four yeah oh geez yeah
0: they're 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 big boys they, they have my family's Amazon g
2: Yeah, I'm six foot one, yep. so I know their struggle. My yeah.
3: <laughs> skin, skin bed is be
1: so much fun. Legs,
3: Legs hanging off you, the end.
1: Not if you curl up.
0: Right? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jeremy actually had to. I think they finally got an extra long bed because his feet were hanging off the edge. He goes tall
2: that or you're forced to lay at an angle like do the corner to corner thing i've had to mm-hmm. do that before
0: <laughs> yeah yeah his his uh his girlfriend um and and i wish there was a word between his partner because they've been together literally since like the sophomore year of high school um so as far as we're concerned she's she's his their family um yeah. and and she has she has talked about on more than one occasion the 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 leg over hers because he's so big <laughs> <laughs> he's going to kill me if he ever listens to these But <laughs> wait he doesn't no that's it i'm coming
4: down there with a bat
0: <laughs> no and he he'll never far, know right he is far <laughs> too cool far too cool to listen to mom's weirdo podcast he just sits in his room and builds computers he's very he good at he it
2: doesn't that. have to admit it he just needs to do it yeah <laughs>
1: It could be listening to Joe's weirdo, cool podcast. I'm just saying.
0: Oh, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, another country heard from. I, I, I oh. usually, I I skipped it this time, but usually I let people know that uh, animals are also uh, uh, loved and encouraged on our show and you very often hear them.
4: Fair enough. <laughs> This one's not even in my room. This this one is outside barking at something. (laughs) Ah, Whatever it is, it's
2: being barked at.
0: No kidding. It
4: it is probably a. It's pretty windy out right now, so it's probably a rampaging leaf.
0: Yep, you got to watch out for those rampaging leaves, man. They'll get you.
4: That's right. Them in the plastic
2: bags. Yep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. Um, So yeah.
2: Then you got a whole yard of them. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started on the wild, the yard wildlife.
2: Oh no, <laughs> you got a menagerie out there.
0: Oh my goodness! Well, we we live in South Florida, and we live on a um, so the the wildlife that just kind of hangs out in our yard: <laughs> giant iguanas, possums, raccoons, squirrels, water rats, oh, wow. turtles, you name it.
4: <laughs> well, that's what we get for living in a swamp.
0: Yeah, you know, we live in a swamp. It's fine. We have to make sure like, that we make enough noise when we take the dogs out that all the wildlife scatters so the dogs don't go after them.
2: I imagine dogs think they're in heaven. It's like, look at all this stuff to
0: chase. Yeah, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We have to be very careful. Um, Both of our dogs are not big, big, but they're a good size and they're both, uh, they've got a pretty good prey drive, both of them they like to chase stuff um I, th- I actually think the bigger one wouldn't know what to do if she did catch something
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's just in it for the chase
2: yeah, yeah pretty it's, much.
0: Just, it's all about the chase
1: <laughs> yeah Maya, Maya is definitely in it for the chase uh daisy daisy is the uh yeah she's daisy. the executioner
0: yeah she has she's caught a couple of ana's and it Not pretty, really. Not but we, you know, it's not something we encourage. It's not something that we allow her to do. It's just unfortunate. It happens, and yeah, it's mm, not pretty.
2: No. (laughs) Yeah, I've lived out in the country. I've dealt like my dad used to have Rottweilers and stuff like that when I was younger and all that. And they're big puppies. Big puppies. Mm -hmm. We could we could ride them around. We could bang into them. We could tackle them. They wouldn't even. Whimper or growl at us, they're just looking at us like dumb kids.
0: Yep,
3: <laughs>
2: anything comes near us. Ooh, oh, yeah, goodness,
0: yeah, that's that's a whole nother story, right there. <laughs>
2: like, okay, one time my dad, I-, I forgot what we did, but I pissed him off something good. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was rather talented at pissing people off pretty good. Um. <laughs> And he came at me. Um, he was going to just give me a good swat on the butt. You know, not, he, he never was the type to beat me or anything like that. Um, the dog didn't give a damn. He comes okay. flying across the yard through the air, grabs my dad by his wrist and his jaws oh. Oh. and drags him across the yard. My dad's punching him, trying to get him to let go, like pulling on his jaws. Dog wouldn't let go for nothing until my mom oh. gets us inside the house the dog lets go of his hand and licks his face like hey no offense but you touch my kids I'll kill you
3: wow
1: <laughs> he was like I couldn't punish it
3: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah he was he was protecting you uh,
1: we um we uh, when I was growing up we had a we had a dog spike and uh my uncle would bring my well she became my sister uh over when she was a newborn and would put her down on the on the rug on a blanket and spike would lay as close to the blanket as possible like there was just micrometers of space between and uh when my uncle would go to pick her up we would have to uh we my dad or my mom would have to pick her up because if my uncle went to pick her up it was it was growl city it was my (laughs) baby
0: you can't have her
1: pretty much any kid who came into our house became Spikes, cha- Spike's Charge and, uh, you know, yeah. good luck.
0: Dogs are good like that. Yeah. I had a I had a Corgi growing up. It's a Corgi-Shelty mix. Tiny little dog that floored a meter reader. Literally knocked the man on his back and stood on his chest because he decided to jump the fence and I was in the yard. <laughs>
4: <Stop>. <laughs> wait! Wait, 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 wait.
2: Wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, There's more gonna, to this.
4: I feel. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna play a Hollywood director here. Can you go back and and say that <laughs> one more time? Because I'm gonna lean back, close my eyes, and I'm gonna try and envision. Okay.
0: Okay. I will set the scene.
4: Ass little dog. So I'm here.
0: baby in playpen on an elevated deck in the backyard florida circa 1976 okay and the the deck had steps down to a little side sidewalk to a gate and that led to the side of the house and so forth and the meter man was coming to read the meter and the meter was in the backyard and he decided that instead of opening the gate that was not locked he would jump the fence tiny little rusty was a corgi-shelty mix So basically like Imagine a corgi but a red fox color With a big bushy tail oh <laughs> Runs From my playpen Leaps off the elevated deck Which is about three feet high Leaps off the elevated deck Hits this guy in the chest Knocks him flat on his back and stands on his chest with his nose in the guy's face, growling and barking until my mother told him to get off.
2: That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of those crap. I wish they had cell phones at the time, right?
0: Oh my goodness! Yeah, this is the family story that my mother time, and, and it's just like I I love that he was the sweetest dog. I we had him forever um he was my my protector he was my teddy bear he was everything uh it, we had him until he was almost 15 um he was just an awesome dog but yeah you you did not come near me without his blessing and permission and my mother say so <laughs> you know <laughs>
2: Yep, it's like, oh, she gave me the okay? Okay, I'll let you do it, but I'm
0: still watching you. I'm still watching <laughs> you, absolutely. Yeah, my mom said she never had to worry as long as Rusty was around. <laughs> our, our dogs are, are our lives, you know? They're part so, yeah. of us. Well, they're, they're different than
2: cats. Like, I'm not one of those, I prefer one. Or, they both have their own um, benefits and stuff, their own strengths. Sure. But dogs see you as part of their pack. Like it's not, oh, I enjoy being around you. You can serve me like a cat. You know, like
0: <laughs> they cats have, have has, that more,
2: huh?
0: Cats have staff. We're yeah. just the help. We're just the help.
2: <laughs> that that really is basically what it is. And they'll love you. They love their staff. Sure. But, <laughs> You're still their staff. Whereas a dog, you're part of their pack. You're part of their brother, their family, their sisterhood. However you want to, like, whatever the dog is, Yep. you know, you're part of their pack, you know. And that means they'll die for you, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's that's one of the reasons I think uh, I love um, getting back to gaming and things like that. I love when there's, like, uh, there's pets and animals in the game. You know and being able to play with that and play off that um, and I'm actually just as, just as you were saying that I was thinking about it and one of the players in my game has a dog, and I have not interacted with that dog enough and I need to fix that
1: I, I oh. have to say i I, I enjoy um, in, in our game uh, celeste's uh, playing Celeste's raven uh, mm-hmm. that is that is so much fun uh, to. To do, especially when uh, and Celeste's a druid, so when she does uh, speak with animals, um, it's it's fun to then uh, you know have try to think how to, how would a crow or how would a raven think about the question being asked?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: like look at it from a different perspective or a different. Well, I mean that's what I love about role playing in general. But yeah, Absolutely. like working with animals, you know, you have to think how would this creature respond like what would it understand and how would it convey what it understood you know so
0: do any of your characters have pets one
2: of them actually we were there was this fight and one of them just could not get a hit to save his soul and so at the end of the fight he decided to go he like is there a frog or something and I was like yes there's a frog you see a frog and I was just not thinking about it and it turned into this like 10 minute thing or five minute thing where he's trying to chase down and catch this frog. So now he has a pet frog that they've uh used uh his ability to talk with animals to kind of befriend.
3: Oh that's <laughs> nice. great.
2: So now he's part of like the players' rations and stuff. Like they they actually spend part of their time going around finding bugs for this this frog now. Aww. <laughs> and and about thinking like a raven, I actually um just re- when I first started playing, when I met uh, Farid, the first game he invited me into, I was playing a Kenku. Nice. You guys ever play one of those? I have
0: I- not yet. And it, it seems like a challenge, and it's definitely one I'd like to take on at some point.
2: It, it absolutely is. Because depending upon how strict your DM is with it and how what you work out with them, you know, you could be something that absolutely can't say anything that wasn't said in the past 10 minutes or something. Uh And that's kind of how mine was. (laughs) So, like, it was, like, conveying thought with, like, saying that my character puts his hand out, drags his hand horizontally across it, back and forth, making a wall with his hand, and out of his mouth you hear the sound of a roaring fire. And that's how I tell them I'm going to cast a wall of fire.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's such a gig point. I love that.
2: That is really cool. So if you guys get a chance to play Kenku, especially just from listening to you guys' podcasts and everything, like you guys are all creative enough, I think you guys would get a kick out of it. It's, it's, it's a blast.
0: That is, that is really interesting. I, I love that. What do you think about the debate? And this is something I don't ask enough people that play D&D. There's kind, it seems like there's a little bit of polarization in the community between, because like we talk about spells and spells have verbal somatic uh, or material components, and sometimes all three and sometimes combinations of them. And some DMs kind of say, okay, well, you've got your, your spell focus. You don't need all of those. What do you think about the people that kind of make the choice, uh, a la Liam, um, to really play out that spell casting versus just kind of saying, I cast the spell?
2: Well, because a lot of those spells are really expensive, and like I'm I'm against enforcing using spell casting components like strictly like some spells you know I, I want them to be able to use like it creates story moments and stuff like that so i don't want to make that a key focus but like one of my players was using one of their spells that has like a 50 gold piece gem um, requirement uh-huh. to basically pay for goods and services in this town Mm. using it to trade for it and I was like okay I'm not going to be able to just be as like nonchalant about it if you're going to be doing it for that reason. You know so my take on it is it needs to be a collaboration between the dm and the player about what they actually care about in the story. Um and if the player on takes it upon themselves like say like for me I don't require a whole lot of um, the material components and stuff, but I do ask them to, re- to describe what their spell does and how it takes effect. Mm-hmm. If a player goes out of their way and says, I take a pinch of sulfur, I drag it across my hand in a line, and I snap my finger at the edge to ignite it to create a wall of flame, to cast wall of flame, and it flickers to life in this burning crescendo spreading out from both arms, as I whip my arms to the sides, it's going to get a bonus of some sort. Okay. Like that's fair. It's either going to do a little bit more damage or they're like the people who um are making reflex saves to get it out of the way, they're gonna take a negative on the reflex save. You know, because I want to encourage that kind of involvement. Okay. But on the flip side, there is no penalty from could I have uh two of my players are brand new to um role playing.
0: Okay.
2: Brand new to D and D and role playing. And so I'm not going to expect them to pop out something like what I just did. You know, I encourage them to step out of their comfort zone where they can. Mm-hmm. But them, I'm also, you know, I'm not going to penalize them if they're like, I, I can't think of how to describe it, but I want to cast this spell to do this thing. Okay, cool. I'll give you an awesome description of it to let you know how amazing your idea was. And so they still get that moment of, wow! Look what I just did, mm-hmm. without feeling the pressure of actually having to provide that themselves.
0: I I like that. I think that's a really great approach to it. You don't want to discourage anything, but definitely reward and encourage things that happen. That's that's very cool. I like that.
2: See, I- that's partly from Farid um, in his like, because in his world, it's it's very much that's like being baked into his system is a system of rewards for getting more detailed with your role play. And for me, it just made sense. If you're trying to encourage a more, you know, involved, more uh, engaged role play with people, make it benefit them. Mm-hmm. That way, even the role players, the ones that are like wanting to stat stack and be the best in their thing. Well, they're incentivized now to role play now, if they want to get the best stats and they want to do the most damage, they need to role play
1: that, yep. that yeah that is definitely a, a way to get in uh, to get the the power gamer or the the min maxer to to role play um, there's the one caveat to that of course is and and i I've, I've been in games where i for uh for for descriptions is when every little when, when it becomes almost uh cheesy right? yeah and that's i mean and that's where the d as a dm you've got to kind of draw the draw your line and uh you know try to figure out exactly you know what the balance is but i i i like that i'm as a dm i i um, you know if you have if you want to play out using components that's fine but at the end of the day, I don't want to be playing, you know, accountants and actuarials. You know, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't. I do. It's it's the same. Like I don't. Um. I don't really. I'm not a big person on. You know, we've got to. Uh, we've got to uh, track every arrow or every stone or whatever. It's like, come on, you know. It's
4: well, that it it throws the it throws the visual completely out. When the wizard walks into a fight and says, wait a second, let me get my suitcase.
0: (laughs) Although that would be interesting as a cork.
4: (laughs) And it's like, okay, you guys go ahead and go do that thing. I'm going to sit here with my suitcase and put this together.
0: (laughs) Well,
2: that and I don't feel, and people can at me all they want. I don't feel the game is balanced towards material components. I feel that Wizards of the Coast recognizes or is just at least come to terms with the fact that most people don't give a damn about them. Yeah. Most people I've talked to just don't care. And Mm -hmm. so they balance everything based on those not being used. Because if you actually make a wizard or a priest or whatever the spellcaster is, get, spend their money on all the material components it takes to stay viable with Mm -hmm. that fighter and that rogue, just churning out damage. They're never going to be able to pay for anything but material components,
1: yeah i I think that's where like the component pouch or the arcane focus taking uh taking the place of okay, well you have you know yeah. to cast this, you need to have a pinch of bat guano or whatever um but i do like i do see though the value of like you've got to do uh you know you you want to do the you know uh, fine familiar you know ten gold pieces of. You know incense. Um, but I'm uh, my approach is: Do you have ten gold pieces in your coin pouch? Okay, take them out. You know, scratch it out. You had ten gold pieces of incense. Or if you know, I think the only place I would draw a line might be with the um, you know, the the what thousand gold piece diamond for for raised dead or resurrection. Well, and um, Hero's
2: Feast, requires a chalice worth a thousand gold too.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So, like something like that, I might be more, uh, I, I might be more like, okay, you really need to to involve this, but uh, or if they've
2: been in a situation where they've had no access to getting resources, like right. they've been imprisoned or they've been underground and just cut off from everything for a month. Okay, things are starting to run low for all of you.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's something to be said for if you've been in in the wilderness for an extended period of time that's starting to run low on supplies gives you that sort of uh sense of realism you know Plus it
2: gives but, them the opportunity to role play going to look for
1: stuff
3: mm-hmm. exactly yeah.
1: so yeah no i'm def- I, I i definitely like the um the idea of using uh you know kind of hand waving uh, I, I don't know. You want to call it the rule of cool or whatever, um, but yeah, I—that's—that's I, that's important to you know keep you know to, to keep things fun and moving instead of bogging it down with uh, you know. With, well, yeah, uh, it's just
2: like why they eventually got rid of Thaco. Like just oh. mentioning Thaco will shut people down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Come on, we right? love to do trigonometry while we're playing our games, right? <laughs> Oh, no, you had always wa- be honest, you've always wanted to learn how to use an
2: abacus <laughs> slide rule. slide rule was what was needed even
1: in game I didn't like my characters didn't want to learn that crap <laughs> oh yeah no it, I, yeah okay, so my Thaco is is twelve and their ac is six so I oh, yeah even
2: God. with the tables up, you're like, what the hell is going <laughs> on here? yeah you I hit g- I don't care you hit him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I gave up trying to figure that out. Um, do you ever feel uh this is that I've been I've been wanting to ask someone that is streaming a game, someone that is doing it in a more public forum um as a DM um do you ever feel pressured to really kind of keep the game moving to you know do you, do you allow are you cool with you know does it does it stress you out when things slow down a little bit how would how do you handle pacing
2: um Yes, it does concern me because for me I've always like part of the reason I got into streaming is because I enjoy entertaining people. I love being the clown dancing in front of everybody, you know, like <laughs> that's just if I'm making people laugh, they're I'm probably laughing too, which means they're not laughing at me, they're laughing with me. Exactly. Um so yes, there is that pressure, but for me it's less about like the story. Progressing and more about something engaging and entertaining happening on screen because mm-hmm. there's been a couple of like just the downtime discussions in the game, and in a lot of the mm-hmm. games that I watch and that I've come to enjoy, you know, like uh, Critical Role to LA Night and your Guys and there's these downtime conversations and interactions where you can get engaged in the characters themselves
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you don't need the action stuff like that. I don't mind if it slows the story down because that's the stuff that at least the, our community and the people that we're all really kind of engaging with um, really enjoy mm-hmm. is those moments of um, interaction. But it does, like, I do think about, you know, like if I should add more fights here or stuff like that to break things up mm-hmm. just to keep it entertaining for a stream. Because uh, when I first Started uh, a lot of people that were doing it for a while gave me the advice that you want to stream like you're streaming for a thousand people whether you are or not.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes absolute sense. Yeah.
2: So when I put a stream on, I don't always succeed. Like this past week, I've been just sick as a dog. Oh,
3: sorry.
2: Right. Well, I'm feeling better now, but so thank you. Good. Um, we're on the mend, but whenever i'm on stream i'm trying my goal is to create something entertaining something that people feel like well there's a million places people can go there's a million things people can do if they come and give you their time that's a gift they can't you can't get back they can't take back and if they keep coming back to give you their time make it worth it for them Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah i imagine that's something that that anybody that uh any dm that's doing things, and you know, for the public thinks about, you know. Um, I can imagine so. Yeah. You know, even, I mean, I'm sure even the even the big guys, you know, worry about being entertaining and whether or not, and your whole table being entertained on top of that. You're entertaining for the masses, plus you want to make sure that everybody in your game is having fun. You know, it's, exactly. it's a lot. It's a lot.
2: Well, like, even Dan's gaming, he's, like, one of the biggest streamers. Like... He's not the biggest because, like Ninja and stuff like that, they blow up. You know, when they become the flavor of the month type thing. But Dan has been ahead of the curve on almost everything. Like every new innovation with Twitch, the way the the culture of the site has changed, everything. He's he's paid for like a house for him, his mom, his friends, new cars. Like this dude doesn't have to worry about money. Built off creating that experience for people wow and even he talks about and this is one of the reasons i love this guy he talks openly about even to this day wondering if he's going to be entertaining enough for people to stay around Mm. and what he can do to make it where people want to keep watching him because he still has that fear that one day he's going to log on and everybody's gone
0: yeah yeah that's in a world where things change so quickly.
3: Yeah.
0: And
2: this act. guy's been doing it for like nine, ten years straight now.
0: It's incredible that that it's been, you know, that this stuff has been going on like this for ten years. Like, it feels like we we just started doing this stuff. You know?
3: it, it really has.
2: What was that?
4: That's because we're old. Yeah.
2: You're not wrong. (laughs) And see,
4: nobody wants to argue because it's Nobody's
3: going to argue
2: that. Well, that's the thing, though, um, why I think... Because my thing is, I don't get a whole, like... My stream doesn't seem to get in front of a lot of people's faces, but a lot of the people that it does get in front of, they stick around. You know? So the idea of just creating, I forgot where I was going with this. Could I start? No, no, I was thinking about the being old. (laughs) See? See? Being old. Being old. We
0: we forget our train of thought. What did I come into this room for?
2: (laughs) Oh, no, that's what it was. It was uh, one of the reasons I'm able to engage different groups because, I mean, I have people that follow me that are people from 18 to 60-some years old, you know, Um, because ever since I was younger, I watched the older generation complained about the previous generation and the generation before them complaining of their generation and i just had this knowledge that when i grew older part of me was going to want to rebel and be like no this stuff all sucks because it's not what i liked from when when i was younger you know and i've actively tried to combat that i guess Mm-hmm. Like obviously my memory doesn't work. Yeah, I'm not winning that fight, but
0: <laughs> join the club.
2: <laughs> um like the new music that comes out, new games that come out, new stuff that comes out. I'm always trying to engage with it because some like a lot of times not liking something is because not knowing anything about it. You know, that's mm-hmm. why a lot of times you know we grow distant from new generations music because we don't know a lot about it mm-hmm. now. There's some of the new stuff I still don't like, even though I've asked some of the younger generation to explain it to me. But, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I, that's I okay. do,
2: yeah I give it a shot, you know. And that's one thing about Twitch is the integration between all the different um, generations, the different backgrounds, the different. Because I mean, when those nuclear reactors went off over there in Japan, right?
1: Right. The yeah. Fukushima. Yes. Yes.
2: When those went off, we were getting... Like, I was talking to people at Ground Zero. Like, like where they were evacuating everybody in real oh, wow. time on Twitch.
0: Oh, my God.
2: You know, like, people, events, like the shootings in, on Paris. Like, the um, different, um, like, the wildfires over there in Australia. You know, Twitch, every time something like that happens rises up in force and raises money like sometimes millions of dollars you know and it's people from literally every different background coming together because whether you're 80 years old and you started on atari or you're 15 years old and you just play fortnite day and night you're still a gamer Mm -hmm. at the end of the day you're still a gamer
0: yeah Oh, yeah. And I, I think it's cool that those things are are connecting the generations. Um, as most of our, our listeners know, we own a thrift shop and uh, our thrift shop is in a college town. We have all sorts of schools and colleges around us. <clears throat> and uh, it is so cool to be able to connect with these kids that come into the shop uh, you know through stuff like gaming and and stuff like that and being able to stay in touch with pop culture and stay in touch with new music and things like that because they talked to me you know um and it's it's the best thing in the world was the day that uh, a kid came into uh the shop i think the first time it happened i was watching critical role i was like doing stuff and i had i was i was more listening than anything to critical role and uh Uh, girl came in and she was like oh my god are you listening to critical role
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's the besties (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah totally and then of course you know the conversation that ensues from there we all all as critters know that conversation and oh. it was just like it was like oh my god you're so cool and this is awesome and dah, dah, dah. And like she told her friends and her friends came and they told their friends and and through this connection of of gaming and critical role and all this stuff i we have this cool like regulars of college kids that come in because they they know we get them
2: that's awesome
0: it's so th- much fun
2: i think you guys get a geek point for that one. one oh thank you <laughs> like for being able to connect with people through gaming in a college town like that that deserves a gate point
0: thank you it's it is so much fun i i love it and they teach me stuff and you know the more they find out about me though i i have literally had kids come in And start asking me questions about stuff just that came in for no other reason than to be like, hey, what do you think about this? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Okay. The
2: cool person, you know? I'm,
0: uh, I'm, I'm the cool, like aunt, you know, like I'm <laughs> that they all want to come in and talk to. And, and they know that, uh, that we, like, we have an entire bride section, uh, in the shop and they know that I am diverse on just about every day. like nothing in my life is mainstream. Um, either of us really. <laughs> and, you know, I'll have, uh, um, Young, just starting out, trans kids come in, and they know that they're safe. Maybe to try on clothes they wouldn't try on anywhere else. You know, stuff like that. It's so cool. It's so neat to be able to do that. And when we opened the store, I had no idea that that was going to be part of our impact. Well, I mean, I was just
1: going to say it was like the first week or two that we were open, we had uh, that uh, the, the trans woman come in and she you could see she was very hesitant very nervous um and then when she came out wearing uh one of the dresses and asked you know asked you know oh what do you think and you know we were effusive in our our you know you know it looked good on you or whatever you could just see the 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 you exhale could see, you could see the exhale but you could also see like all the pain all of the you know, all that shields up that, that she had dropping and just letting herself be herself and enjoy the, the simple pleasure of shopping for the clothes that match who
0: she the sim-
2: is. The simple mm-hmm. pleasure of validation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. We've, we have had that experience so many times. We've been open almost three years and such wonderful experiences being able to connect with young people. And, and uh, they have taught me so many things, just the way their tolerance, their acceptance, their language, the way they, the way they move through the world and, and given me hope, you know, there, well, there is hope for the world with these kids.
2: hundred percent. Cause so, when I was younger, um, I went through a time, um, late teens, early twenties where I was homeless mm. and I saw a lot of the LGBT community out there, because this was... I'm 38 now. This was 20-some years ago. Okay. Um, things weren't quite as up accepting then. Even okay. just in this past 25 years, things have changed drastically. Be, but like a good half to three-quarters of the population out there probably belonged to the LGBT plus community. Mm. And to see where people have come first off it it's it's a double-edged thing first off it's heartening to see so many people coming out so many people being supported and validated and treated as they should be treated but it is also kind of heartbreaking that we're not like farther along mm-hmm. uh, yeah this right. doesn't seem complicated
0: yeah yeah we should be much further along than we are
2: but it 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 is beautiful you know again going back to uh, Farage Community and there's like Dungeon Muster, um, a yeah. couple others
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: where this is celebrated. Like it's not even just accepted like as becoming more uh, commonplace. It's celebrated this diversity, these, this, this rainbow hell it's, it's even more diverse than a rainbow nowadays. Like, Mm-hmm. there's a million beautiful colors out there that we can paint with, and we don't have to stick to any one shade of anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's penetrating the gaming community in such a wonderful way. Oh. You know, it's, Oh, I can't tell you the, the number of stories I have heard about gaming saving lives.
2: We got gaming in that gaming community that's been growing up, you know, that, yeah. that, well, like this, that common ground, and also the representation that's starting to show up more and more in gaming and TV and sh- movies and stuff. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, representation is important. Looking and seeing a superhero just like you is important.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Super. Super. Yeah. So these
2: uh, games that are doing that more and more now give these, which is also where D and D helps a lot of people because there is no restrictions. You Like, you can be different races. You can be aliens. So the idea of playing out what it, you know, like... Because those people who... Because I've, I've had a couple of friends that this is kind of how they discover themselves, is they played a character that was the gender they felt they were inside. Mm-hmm. And experiencing what that person thought would feel like, what that person would do and think in these sometimes, you know... Because fantasy, you know, D&D is fantasy and all, but there's a lot of parallels to real-world decisions.
0: Sure, sure. That's why we we connect with it so much.
2: Exactly. And so being able to explore themselves in such a safe capacity and in a way that allows them to explore so many different aspects of themselves has allowed a lot of people that time and space they needed to kind of cocoon up and turn into the butterfly that they become. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. That's
1: yep. beautiful. I, I I like that uh, that analogy, and and you know that's I think, key point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> key point. Thank you. Um, and I I definitely think that's you know that that is the beauty of gaming is and 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 what you're saying our presentation. I bunch of years back uh, when fifth edition was first rolling out, and uh, you open up the fighter section in the player's handbook, and the fighter you see is uh as a black man um you know it is and and i forget i saw i've heard multiple people um say you know basically when i opened up the phb and i saw under fighter someone with my skin tone and my hair texture mm-hmm. you know this this made the game more you know it brought me into the game and and we say all the time about how important uh representation is and So I just, uh, you know, I I can't agree with you enough uh, on all your points, uh, you know, going all the way back to, you know, we should be further along than we are. But I also value how far we've gotten because I remember uh, being a, a 19 years old and coming out as bisexual and doing so at a Catholic university in Chicago and, of course, being who I am. First thing I did was, well, do we have a group on campus? And at the time we didn't. And next thing I know, I'm helping found the LGBTQ group on campus. Uh oh wow. Yeah. So that's uh, a geek point. (laughs) Thanks.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, Like being that early representation for yourself and other people, that definitely deserves deserves a geek point. Yeah.
1: So it's uh I, I find it and I also want I also find the generosity of the of this online community that's forming, being whether it's verbal supporting, uh, up to and including financial supporting, like Kayla and I, we, we we are we are slow to the game to to start checking out like TikTok, right? And yeah. every time like one of the creators has an issue, or they have a uh, or, or they have like a, a a charity or a cause. And then you see people just open up and give. And it's like, it it stuns me just how generous folks are.
2: Well, heck, just here, what was it? uh, November 7th, I think it was. I did a 12-hour charity stream for Mm -hmm. Extra Life uh, Charities.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Nice. Yeah, and we raised just, it was $275.00. And like, I don't raise that much in a day. Like, that's not how much I make. But okay. the community, because I was doing it for a charity, just came out their pockets, and we we were able to raise almost three hundred dollars. Just to touch on what you're talking about, the the community support. You know, when it's a good cause and when somebody needs something, the community tries to rise up and provide what it needs.
0: That's a key point, by the way.
2: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I would definitely love to do more. Like that's I'm always looking for the next way to help, the next way to rally people to help to to be part of the community. You know, we have a bunch of different stuff we do in the shop uh for that and uh we're always looking for for more ways to help, you know, and kind of just be part of the spirit of that community you know and and you know we only have so many hours in the day (laughs) but it's good to know that there's so many people in the community that have kind of picked that up and continued to to run with all of those things on a regular basis that
2: would be really cool to watch that you know like from a shop and see the community growing up around you like that'd be awesome Mm
0: -hmm. it's a lot of fun for sure so we have gone through all sorts of stuff um and it's getting a little late
1: yeah feels like it's time to do a little shift over to geek geek shift over to geek news
0: english is hard geek Geek. news now i need to remember what the heck i wanted to talk about not it
1: okay i'll I'll be it (laughs) um a couple things i i want to come to the table with first of all and it seems like it's my uh my, my, my sad duty at times to, to do the memorializing. Uh, But um, for those of us of a certain age, today is a sad day. Uh, It was, uh, we, we come to find out that uh, this weekend uh, TV legend, David Lander uh, had passed away. For those who don't know who David Lander is, uh, he played the role of Squiggy on Laverne and Shirley uh, in the late 70s through early eighties. Um paired with uh Lenny played by Michael McKeon. Uh they were the uh upstairs neighbors of Laverne and Shirley. Uh they were kind of okay. The characters not not folks you probably want to be around today, but at the time it was played for humor. Um and, and it was it was uh they were funny. Um and apparently uh Lander and McKeon had developed the Lenny and squeaky characters uh, back at their days at Carnegie Mellon, Carnegie Mellon university. Um, And uh, David Lander uh, had a a very rich career appeared on a lot of other shows uh, appeared in movies. One of the big ones that people probably remember from was the baseball announcer from a league of their own. Um, He also, um, and what was the, uh, eventual cause of death was uh, he, de- he developed uh, multiple sclerosis uh, and he hit it for many years um, and then uh, finally uh, made a public announcement and became a national ambassador for um, the national uh, multiple sclerosis uh, charity. Um, he also worked, he also was a part owner in a minor league baseball team uh, and was a baseball talent scout uh, for the Anaheim Angels for the Seattle Mariners. Um, he was seventy three year old seventy three years old when he passed, and it was from complications due to multiple sclerosis um, so for for those who enjoyed uh, early late 70s, early 80s s uh, sitcoms, uh, you saw David Lander quite a bit uh, and it's it's a bit of a loss so mm-hmm. All right. Uh, my second piece, also a little sad, at least to those of us who love, uh, the, uh, exploration of space, uh, the beginning of this month saw basically the death knell for the Arecibo observatory, also known as the national astronomy and ionosphere center, uh, in Arecibo, Puerto Rico. Um, it was owned and operated by the national science foundation, uh, Beginning of the year, um, the uh, a couple of cables had started breaking. There was some thought that it was possible they could maybe fix it, but then in November, uh, due to safety concerns, uh, the National Science Foundation made the decision, unfortunately, to decommission the telescope. Uh, and on December first, the main telescope collapsed uh, with the um, mon the the receiving platform. Uh, falling into the uh, dish
0: Sad face.
1: Uh, yeah and and here's Dang. the thing and I'm gonna get on my soapbox for a moment um this this facility was built um, to scan the heavens uh it's a ra- large radio telescope uh it was a big part of SETI uh the search for extraterrestrial intelligence um and and you know it was built at a great cost um, but it also had f- great you know, a lot of stuff come back from it, and unfortunately, its decline it was due to neglect. Uh, our, you know, the National Science Foundation was unfortunately unable to get funding, uh, you know, from Congress to maintain uh, maintain Arecibo as as other telescopes and other uh, you know devices like that are also being underfunded and undermanaged. And, uh, you know, Kayla and I love Star Trek, and uh, if we're ever going to get off this rock...
0: So does Will.
1: And so does Will. Yeah. Uh, so does me. So, Yay. So insanity. If we're ever going to get off this rock and, 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 and warp travel with the Vulcans and, and, and all that, we need to invest more in science. Um, and, and I know we've got a lot of now private ventures going, but it's my feeling that, you know, in the sixties, we made it a priority and we went to the moon and a lot of stuff, a lot of consumer items came out of that. Um, And it's sad to me that for science to be valued, it's the, the bottom line is what can we sell from it? Uh, So good night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good night, Arecibo. You served us well. You deserved a better fate.
4: And if you haven't seen it, stunning video
1: yeah um and and just and you probably have seen because i believe it was used in uh it was the backdrop for contact the jodie foster matthew mcconaughey movie
4: oh Mm -hmm. really
1: yeah also
4: in in golden eye also in golden
1: eye yeah uh and then last thing i want to bring up um so hbo max has decided and warner media has decided that uh in light of the continuing pandemic that uh starting with uh christmas day uh basically all of their first run movies are going to be appearing on hbo max so on december 25th you'll be able to see wonder woman 1984 and then moving into 2021 uh the list includes dune uh the suicide squad the, the james gunn uh sequel, uh, matrix four. Uh, whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, however, at the same time, much like, uh, Disney plus did last year come Christmas time when they were going to roll out Hamilton, um, they are getting rid of the free week trial. <laughs> ah, smart. Um, good news. I for Yeah. <laughs> Good news for, for, for those who uh, use uh, Amazon devices to uh, connect to streaming things. Uh, Amazon and HBO did HBO Max did work out, our, I should say, Warner Media uh, worked out a deal uh, so that you can get HBO Max on your Amazon. But for those of us who are still using who, who use the Roku, no deal has been made between Warner Media and Roku. So grumble. Yeah. Switch or make a phone call.
4: <laughs> you mean do, me what they, do 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 what we used to do back in the day. If you
1: don't like something, call up and yell really, really loud. <laughs> I, I, I just figured me bitching about it on a, on a podcast. Every...
0: We are using <laughs> our platform. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Uh,
1: so that's, that's what I've got.
4: Uh, speaking of space, a uh, couple of milestones have been hit recently. Cool. Um, the Falcon 9 has now launched more than 100 times. Cool. Oh, wow. So that's Dang. that's something rather impressive. Uh, also, uh, for the first time, there are two SpaceX capsules attached to the International Space Station. Oh, wow. I, I did see that. There's the, the Crew cool. Dragon is up there, and the Cargo Dragon is up there. So... For the first time, there's two of those and 100 flights of the Falcon, which is fairly impressive. And they're shattering all expectations of how many times they can launch this thing and be viable. Mm-hmm. So kudos to them. uh, uh the I'm private gonna, sector. Hey, uh, sometimes, sometimes the private sector is the best way to go. Sometimes they're not. Right. Um uh, but in matters of science, um, the private sector is usually way better. Um they're willing to do more with uh out the <clears throat> without the oversight that a government agency would have to go through. Uh getting getting funding for a lot of the things that they're that they're doing, getting that funding out of government where they have to explain it to voters who don't want to pay for it. Uh is a lot of hard
3: mm-hmm.
4: so uh someone said someone said it best i thought i think it was on a tv show that if it was left up to the government we would have the world's greatest iron lung but we wouldn't have a cure for polio
3: good that's, point
4: um <laughs> uh, to get away from the serious news i have some fun news this week uh we're going to start with something that actually happened uh last month um that some may not have heard about, but there was a theft. There was a theft. There was a theft. Uh, Darth Vader, or more to say, the mask of Darth Vader, uh, was stolen. (gasps) Uh, Law enforcement sources tell, this is uh, to TMZ, that uh, 38-year-old Frank Herbert was arrested uh, on Monday night. This was just uh, towards the end of November after he allegedly broke into the Bad Robot Productions building in Santa Monica and made off with Star Wars movie memorabilia, including Darth Vader's helmet.
0: That's wow. just rude.
4: The dark um, side, it called to him. <laughs> yeah.
0: Apparently.
4: That's it totally <laughs> did. That's, a, that's definitely a geek point. Um, <laughs> the guy was found pushing a cart of things uh, <laughs> that he had taken yeah. away. <laughs>
2: Here I thought it wasn't going to get better. (laughs) No, silly Um, me.
4: (laughs) It was full of Star Wars stuff, as in actual original props used in the movies, along with uh, various other belongings that were in the building.
1: Oh my god! Did he threaten the cops with one of them?
2: Like pull out the (laughs) lightsaber?
4: Oh, if only that would have been a much better story.
2: my god. Oh,
0: what the, I just, oh. the,
2: the fact that he pushed it out in a cart, that, that, <laughs> that brightened my day right there. Uh, oh, continuing geez. the Star Wars, uh, the
4: Star Wars app, if you do not have it on your phone, you may want to take a look at it. Um, two new upgrades have been released um, for fans of The Mandalorian and the Lego Star Wars. Uh, the selfie feature of the app now has a filter where you can be made into a hollow puck. Oh, cool! What? Yes. As where I- is
0: where is this app? Why don't I have this?
4: I do not know why you don't have this. Why don't the Disney you Disney have... Star Wars app? I just went to find it myself. I,
0: I, I just looked it up. There it is. I'm getting it.
4: So the Mandalorian <laughs> new selfie backdrop will make you look like you are a wanted criminal, but remember you can be brought in warm or you can be brought in cold.
3: <laughs>
4: um, oh my god. The other addition great. is uh some stickers that can be thrown onto your photos of Uh, from the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, which Which before you go ahead and stick your nose up into the air at it, if you don't go watch it, you can't complain. It is ridiculously cute. It
0: is. It's very cute.
4: But if I go watch it, I can complain, right? Uh, If (laughs) you go watch it, you won't complain. (laughs) I'm messing with you. you. Because it is ultimately stupid cute. It really, really is. It is. It's awesome. I love it. (laughs) Uh, and to continue with my silly news, in case you were wondering, uh, us Star Trek fans, we do love to have stuff, and um, there have there has now been a 2020 holiday gift guide for Star Trek fans.
0: Oh, uh, just add that to my wish list, the whole thing.
4: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm looking at it, and there's oh. nothing here that I wouldn't want. Oh, yeah. Um, a couple of highlights, um, is Mister B- Mister Spock's little book of mindfulness how to survive in an illogical world? <gasps> um, nice. Yeah, they're little cartoons with sayings on it, and uh, it's rather cute. Um, which retails for a, 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 a very modest fourteen ninety five. Okay, that's uh, not terrible. No, uh, Star Trek cocktails a stellar compendium. Uh, it's a drink builder's uh, guide for Star oh, Trek cocktails.
0: Oh um, boy. They've taken it out of the convention and put it on paper. Oh
4: yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, that is out there as well. Uh, plus you have, you know, the, the typical Funko pops. You've got the holidays, the ugly sweaters, mm. um, the new, the, the command f- uh, uniform face masks.
0: I've seen those. Those are cool.
4: Um. The Chateau Picard wine bundle, which I'm all kinds of down for. I'm not a big wine drinker, but for the hell of it, I'll take one. Mm -hmm. Um, The most interesting thing on this entire list, at least for me, is the Lionel Star Trek Lion Chief train set.
0: What? Now I have to go look (laughs) this.
4: Wow. Oh my God. Yes. And before you go getting uppity, it's $449.
0: Oh, man.
2: Well, train sets, you knew it was going to be expensive. Yeah. <sighs> but it is a, uh, a set with,
4: it looks like five five car train set um, modeled after Star Trek Enterprise, uh, along with uh, additional cars. Uh, we'll post the link up and you guys can take a look at the Star Trek Holiday Gift Guide Uh, continuing on from last week uh, the number one toys by the years um, 1982 was the BMX bike which kind of hit the peak right around 1982 Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I I had
4: a BMX bike I did not I was already too big for it when it hit
0: I never I, had a BMX. I was girly. I had a little light blue with a banana seat and coaster brakes and
4: tassels <laughs> on the handlebars.
1: Yes. Yeah, had the tassels.
3: Right <laughs> makes oh, it go faster.
1: So, so, so Will, where you were too too big for a BMX bike. I we we had to do all sorts of adjustment because I was a short kid uh, to make so make it so I could ride my bike. Ah, <laughs> nice. But at least you made it work. Dad made it work cuz my father is.
4: <laughs> <laughs> dad's can move Dad's can do anything if give them enough duct tape and time. Seriously. Yes. Uh 1983, The Cabbage Patch Kids. Oh my god. Oh. Uh, uh, that um,
0: was the worst.
4: And reportedly the first toy to cause the mass breakouts of fist fights in toy stores. So I believe crazy. it.
0: So, oh, jeez! I remember. I remember very vividly the Cabbage Patch era, um, especially being a girl right in that target age. It just—I had friends that had like forty of these things, and they were not cheap.
1: No, no, they
4: were not.
0: It was crazy. My, I would, I would sit it like out on the playground, and girls would be talking about how their mom was standing in line somewhere for them to get cabbage. I, I had one, and my grandmother made it. You know.
2: Yeah, my mom would have laughed in my face if I (laughs) asked her to. Mom, would you go wait in line for a toy for me? (laughs) I won't let you wait in line for the toy for you. (laughs) What what are you talking about? Why do you think you're getting a toy? Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, Cabbage Patch was nuts. I just recently saw, I think it was at... I want to say it was like at a like a museum or a a interactive center or something like that where there's somebody was they were still doing the uh cabbage patch birthing thing
1: i showed i sent you the video yeah you sent me the
0: video like i mean okay so you know how like at disney when they do like the um they do like the the explanations of stuff and they have the person there when they're wearing the headset with the microphone and they're speaking in that voice that only, you know, Disney employees can do. Um <laughs> it was that only it was birthing a cabbage patch kid out of a cabbage patch and it would,
1: wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it was it was both terrifying and bizarre. It was just <laughs>
2: One of the things you're like trying to look away and your eyes you, just won't.
0: You can't. You can't stop watching it. It's oh my god. It's yeah. I mean, no offense to anyone who likes cabbage patch. If you do, rock on with your bad self, you know. Totally cool. It was just weird for us and it, it, Yeah. And
1: Will she was doing with the same level of excitement as the uh, the vendor at fair does the uh, the dragon egg opening?
0: Yes, like that.
1: Yes. except for there was this these large (laughs) cabbage looking things and then she like reached in and pulls out a naked cabbage patch doll
2: well that's just rude
4: (laughs) (coughs) didn't even buy dinner first
0: (laughs) right? goodness (sighs) okay Okay. I'm sorry go on
4: (laughs) all right 1984 we, uh, we, we saw the beginnings of the Transformers
0: phase Woo!
1: Can I tell you who my first Transformer was?
0: Who was your first Transformer?
1: Starscream. Starscream. Jazz the Porsche.
0: Very cool.
2: Jazz. Jazz was awesome. Yeah.
0: My very first Transformer was actually uh like um it wasn't licensed. It was like a knockoff. Mm -hmm. Um, because my parents were very big on not letting me have trendy toys. Like really didn't like it. Um, I was raised by hippies. Anyway. Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I I had to like save my own money to get this transformer. And it was a motorcycle. It was just like this little little motorcycle that transformed into a little robot dude. Um, and I don't I don't think I owned actual transformers until I had my kids.
2: Do you guys remember those transformers they used to give in the kids' meals? Yes.
0: Yes. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> I love those.
0: <laughs> they were little and cute and I could figure them out.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, they were very easy to work with.
4: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, my my fir- my first was Starscream.
0: Starscream. Nine. Yeah, see that's the way to go, man.
4: I was down. Very cool. Uh, 1985. The Care Bears made their appearance.
0: Yes. Care Bears care. And I loved care bears.
4: Good god, what a what what a phenomenon they turned into. Mm-hmm. And one that really hasn't gone away.
0: No, they're still around. My Facebook background is Care Bears.
2: <laughs> Except for now they got some new bears.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, there's like new generations and cool. stuff. Yep. Uh
4: and this week we will leave off with 1986. Uh actually, no, we'll go to 87. Uh 86 was probably my favorite of the toys that are on this list. Uh, just because you could do so many evil things with it. Um, anybody want to guess?
0: 1986. Let's see. Care Bears hmm. were already out.
4: Uh, Constructs? Do- no. Think, no th- think this is, we'll this is a, a very sweet and innocent toy that you can do very evil things with.
3: There goes. Teddy
1: Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpin.
0: Teddy Ruxpin.
1: You have not lived oh, until you no. put your you put your Slayer tape into Teddy Ruxpin.
0: Hell, yeah. <laughs> that was such a great little toy for that reason.
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: put Alice oh. Cooper in there. It's still just as good, too.
0: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Metallica. Whatever, man.
2: <laughs> Anything but what they gave you to put in there.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Um, I also went the other way with Teddy Rexman. Um, because I had uh I had some tapes of like um classical storytelling and and like Shakespeare and stuff like that. And I would throw those in there too.
2: Oh, so you had a sophisticated Teddy.
0: Yes. Every once in a while Teddy became sophisticated and then we put Metallica back.
2: <laughs> you gotta have that
4: balance in life.
0: It is, it's important. <laughs>
4: Like and we'll wrap times. up with nineteen eighty seven, uh, which is the last of the truly um uh, you have to imagine things with it. Um the Koosh ball. Oh man oh. flashbacks Whoa. that you haven't thought of in years. Oh man. The Koosh yeah, for, for, for the for, for for those of you children who are sitting around and you're listening to us talk about this stupid little ball, you're absolutely right. <laughs> we were absolutely stupid with wanting this cooch ball. Oh, my God. Which Even was when we,
2: were
0: wanting it, we more. Had no idea why. No, but we wanted it.
4: This, this thing was literally a ball made up of broken rubber bands.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: There's really no other way to explain it.
3: Well, this yeah, was a ball of
4: broken rubber bands that were multicolored. multicolored um <laughs> and you could throw it at one another, and it didn't hurt as much as a you know a regular ball.
0: Depending to how good your arm was.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say if you got a good throw, yeah. I
0: mean, <laughs> <laughs> also you could do the stretch and fling like a rubber band, but it was the whole thing.
2: Oh god, yeah, you could.
4: And it
1: would <laughs> fit very nicely into a slingshot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh I I, I believe. A, a few years later, flinging those into the crowd would become a, uh, a a speciality of the Rosie O'Donnell show.
0: Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that.
1: Or she would end her show with like launching, I don't know, a gross of Koosh balls into the audience.
0: <laughs>
2: that's a geek point to know that. <laughs>
0: right? I love Koosh balls so much and always have. That when the last time I stocked our pride section at the shop, I bought rainbow Koosh balls.
1: Yes. So
2: and in I our pride. You,
1: when when folks ahead. come in and look at the pride section, two things get, well, three things get pointed at, get get called out on the regular. The Koosh balls, the fans, and the stickers. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, you can tell I'm an 80s kid just by looking at, like, what I have in the pride section at the shop. It's And I even, on top of that, I have slap bracelets. Oh, no. <laughs> I do.
1: <laughs> I had to explain you mean, that. You to
2: mean a... wrapped up uh, measuring tapes? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I had to explain that to, to a, a, they're like, it says bracelets. I'm like, yeah, you do this. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And then
3: looking
1: at you going, it. what the hell? Why?
2: Because
3: awesome.
0: like, it's fun?
2: Question it, was. it was. It really fun. was. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let, let me put my little old hat on for a second. Because back there you in go. the day, we didn't have cell phones and internet and all this <laughs> stuff to keep us talking <laughs> We had to come up with dumb shit to do to keep ourselves going.
0: And we did. <laughs>
2: Oh gosh, I am so grateful. One of the things I'm most grateful for in life, my childhood happened before cell phones. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh no, I don't want proof of the
1: stuff I did.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. There's there's way no. less pictures of the dumb shit we did.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is also a time of some very lax parenting where, you know.
0: Oh my God.
1: Hand, hand your kids a pack of. Black black uh, cat uh, fireworks and a lit stick of punk and tell them to go spend some time outside Wait, <laughs> with candy you, you got, with candy you, you
2: cigarettes. Got the,
0: yeah, you got the,
1: I, I never got that. I got the I got the rolls
4: of caps that went into the cap gun that you never actually got the gun for.
0: Oh boy. Oh, because the, roll, the,
4: the, the roll of caps were like a quarter mm-hmm. and you got six of them, but the gun was like fifteen bucks. <laughs> So oh. you'd go you you'd go to the the little corner store that would have have the rolls of caps and you'd buy like five packs of them,
1: and you'd take your dad's hammer and find mm. a rock. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I will say I think one year my grandmother I think we went to six gun territory. So dating myself there. Oh boy. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, and and my grandmother actually I think got my brother and I the the guns. For the for the role of, of caps, but I will I will tell you this right now: those things didn't work for crap half the time. It didn't didn't make the the little little bit of uh, gunpowder or whatever pop. Uh, it was so more then, effective with the hammer. Yeah, yep. but I was going to say. So then we would just you know end up using the, the butt of the gun to pop them. So
2: oh, there
1: you go. Speaking of of toys that probably I don't know if you can still get these days. Do you remember the the little popper things that you would throw? And when they hit, yep, you can still get those. You yep. still get those. Okay. Yep,
0: my kids love those things.
4: Okay, so can you finish the thought? Because I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Oh right, I'm sorry, oh, insanity. Sorry. You were saying something. We're terrible no, people. Else.
1: No,
4: No, I was asking Joe to finish the thought because I still, I didn't understand what he was well, saying.
1: Well, I was going to say is, you know, did, were those as well things that from time to time you take Dad's hammer to to pop. You
2: know those little bags with the they come in a box with sawdust. And their yes. little bags to pop things. Yeah, that's what he's talking
4: about. Yes, they're poppers. They're sold in every fireworks yeah. store around mm-hmm. and, and the yeah. in the world.
1: I'm not sure if they were still they were still available because we seem to we seemed to, we, we seemed
4: oh, to oh yes, but now but now my friend, they have grown-up poppers too.
0: Okay, so that's where you're leaving off with the uh with the toys. It's nineteen eighty-six. Nineteen
4: 1987, and we'll pick up uh we'll pick up eighty-eight to Uh, probably somewhere around the turn next week and then right before christmas we'll finish off
1: cool excellent kk what you got
0: oh right it's my turn now um okay so i just got a couple of fun things um if you've listened to the show before you know how much of a uh alien xenomorph all of that stuff fan i am uh and i found an article Uh, let's see that they're going to be doing some more comic stuff with the alien franchise Uh, earlier this year, Marvel comics announced that it had obtained the rights to publish comics based on the seminal alien film franchise. After its parent, uh, the Walt Disney company acquired 20th century Fox, having already begun publishing classic alien comics, Marvel on Monday announced its first new alien stories. Alien Number 1, the first issue of the series, will debut in March of 2021. Um, Philip Kennedy Johnson writes the series, which features Salvador LaRocca's art. Uh, You may know him from Doctor Doom. Uh, In a press release, Marvel states the series will include both new and classical characters from the Alien mythology. Wow. I'm excited. That's... (laughs)
1: That, that's huge. Um, we were talking about, and I, I was wrong before, uh, it was Dark Horse that had them previously. Um, and I guess that will end because there were some crossovers like Batman aliens, Superman aliens, Green Lantern versus aliens. That's uh let going to put a little bit of kibosh on doing that now that it belongs to Marvel.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's supposed to be a... Uh, there's a breed of Xenomorph uh, that will be... Uh, needing to be contended with, the art is gorgeous. Uh, I highly recommend you look it up. Uh, really, really beautiful art uh, as well. So I'm excited about that. Any new alien content? I'm I'm here for. Um, and then the
2: Xenomorphs come under uh, Disney property now. That makes a, a Xenomorph Queen Disney princess.
0: Yes, absolutely. One hundred percent. I want a T-shirt of her. <laughs> that's says disney princess on it like it, she needs a crown yes the alien queen is a disney princess that is canon
3: um <laughs>
1: and
0: that's a big point <laughs> <laughs> just did weird things okay and uh for fun um there is a web series called binging with badish uh, that I didn't know about till just now. I apologize, uh, but the fun part of it is that binging with Badish has brought uh, the 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 blue cookies uh, from the Mandalorian to life. Uh, they uh, they had John Favreau on as a guest, and he did a little bit of talking about the blue cookies and and how they came to be, um, and they're basically like one half of a macaroon on the show um but they realized very quickly that macarons can get expensive uh, and they didn't want necessarily for children to be begging their parents for, you know, $5 cookies for one yeah. kind of thing. Uh, so binging with Badish did a really cool thing where he went through and made actual blue macaroons, but then he also made a, a much more affordable child friendly version, which is basically like a, a baby blue, uh, vanilla wafer. Um, and he did that mm-hmm. on his his most recent episode. It's very cute, uh, very cool little episode and a, a cool little talk with Jon Favreau. Anytime there's an interview of Jon Favreau, he's he's so much fun. Um, I recommend checking it out. Uh, Binge- Binging with Badish uh, is the name of the show, and apparently he's got a pretty pretty uh, well known show. Uh, I'm not a foodie, so I didn't know, uh, but now I do, and now you do.
4: Uh, and you so need Blue to Kick- go back and and, and and watch some of his uh, older stuff. He is, oh yeah, um, amazing! I have his cookbook.
0: Oh, okay. There we go. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So he's a cool guy. So so Rogu's cookies are going to be all the rage this holiday season. I think. Yay! Spoiler, by the way.
4: Oh no! No! <laughs> no! No! no. We-
0: but yeah, was- pat, we
4: have passed the we have passed the 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 point where we can we can speak about this. Okay, had to-
0: okay. I just want yeah. to make sure I didn't fuck that
2: up. You've given everybody time. <laughs>
0: nope. Yeah, nope. <laughs> we try to give our fans time to catch up.
4: They've they've <laughs> had almost two weeks. If they haven't gotten there yet, it's not our
1: fault. Okay. <laughs> well, sounds like we got through all of geek news.
0: Yuppers!
1: So that means uh, we go to the big board, see who is the geekiest this week.
0: Okay. Uh, Well, um, dear, dear Insanity, uh, you have absolutely blown us all away. Um, Not only with your sparkling personality, uh, but with your geek points. Uh, Rising to the top, Insanity has nine points, making him the geekiest this week. Yay! Yay! Uh, I'm really
2: actually very happy about that <laughs>
0: yes you are the geekiest you have been declared uh, <laughs> uh, Joe is behind him with three myself with one and will was quiet this week no will got a. I I gave him will, will a geek did one. you okay yeah. so will had one as well so will and I tied yay, yay. <laughs> um so uh Mister insanity it is your job to declare yourself to the world
2: okay (laughs) as champion i will do that my name (laughs) is thomas i go by insanity plea is p-l-e-e if you see that name pretty much anywhere that's me Um, i spelled it differently for that reason um wednesday nights at seven o'clock you can find me at Farage channel doing my broken light DD homebrew Um, I'm also starting a new one here soon. It will be announced when I get it um, settled in with the time. And yeah, come follow me. Stay tuned. Enjoy your stay. And make sure to join um, Farid's Discord also. It's a great way to interact with a bunch of amazing people.
1: Awesome. And as always, you will be able to find links to uh, that stuff and uh, places to follow Insanity Plea on social medias uh, in the show notes.
0: Yay! Hey, Joe. Yes. Where can we find you on the interwebs?
1: Well, you can find me on uh, the Twitter at Demorgus. That's D E M O R G U S. Did you forget? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, with the day I've had. Yeah. <laughs> it's late, like it's, you said.
0: it's but been a day, and it's late.
1: It, it, it's a little bit late, but but we were we were watching my almost year old. Uh, nephew today Teething. three teeth coming in oh geez uh, <laughs> so so yeah you can find me on twitter at Demorgus. Uh you can find uh, if you want to follow this podcast on social media just look for the geekiest pod uh, if you're like hey i've got geeky friends and i would love to buy merchandise for them uh, right now we have a uh, merch store uh, Com slash the geekiest pod um, where you can get the logo on, uh, items. You can also get geek point on items. So that's the, out hash- there.
0: the hashtag geek point shirt. Is geek point. Really awesome.
1: Uh, and the hashtag geek point shirts and most of the items also have on the, on the reverse side, have a smaller version of our logo. So if you're like, Hey, I want the logo and the hashtag geek point. We got you. um, You can also find me DMing the Not Safe for Wizards 5th Edition Actual Play Podcast. uh, And that comes out every Friday. And I think that's about it. There's some other things I'm thinking about, whatever. But when I do it, you'll know about it. So that's it. So, Kayla?
0: Yes?
1: Where can people find you?
0: Everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, You can find me on the Twits at... Hawk underscore kayla can find me on instagram at geekiest kayla you can find me uh if you are in the uh downtown Davy slash south florida area and would like to stop by our awesome shop uh it is called secondhand goddess and it is at 4148 Davy Road. We have all sorts of geeky, fun, witchy, crazy stuff. Uh, and some really, really cool vintage items that have come in recently that I highly encourage you checking out if you can. If you cannot make it into the shop, you can check out our website at secondhandgoddess.net Uh, you can also find me playing Jade on the aforementioned Not Safe for Wizards DD Actual Play podcast. Um, and of course, Secondhand Goddess everywhere else. Hey, Will.
4: Yes.
0: Where can our people find you?
4: You can find me on the Instagram and the Twitter at GeekiestWill. Will.
2: Woo! Woot woot! And hey, can I say one more thing? Sure of course. Can. Um. Also, every day I stream from twelve to three minimum Pacific Standard Time.
1: Awesome. Got it. Uh. So we are we are at uh, I don't know almost.
4: 9,264 days.
1: Yes. Uh, of, of the <laughs> pandemic. Is. Yes. Um, and while there really? is... <laughs> exactly. Seriously. And while there is some light at the end of the tunnel, it looks like maybe soon, Um. we still need to follow social distancing protocols. We still need to wear masks. We still need to wash our hands. If you don't feel good, don't leave your house. Um, it's... Uh, It's still going on. And if we would like to get back to a normal life, we have to do these things. So please do them. Uh, As Pete would say, don't be a dick. Um, This podcast believes that Black Lives matter, Matter, trans rights are human rights, and love is love. We thank you for listening this week. We look forward to talking to you next week. Bye. Bye. Leave the world a better place than you found it, kids. Hey there, listener. Before we get out of here, just want to uh, ask you to do us a little favor. Um, Two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. Uh, That would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.